one. The whole world is convinced that we're going to have a light CPI number. Except for the bond traders. What's going on with the bonds? Analysts moving stocks again, this time to the upside. And we're going to talk about analysts moving stocks to the upside, too, with a downgrade. It's a buy everything market. It's CPI. It's Jeremy Schwartz from Wisdom Tree at 815 to walk us through the number. It's Wednesday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the green by 13 handles at 44.86. That's just like the strong close yesterday. Uh, the buck is weak, down almost 23 cents, 101.17. Bonds that I just talked about, well, they're, they've been up for a couple days in a row. We'll see what happens at 8.30. And they're up 12.30 seconds at 124 and 24.30 seconds. Crude now firmly in the mid-70s, up 36 cents at 75.19. Gold in the green by 280, 19.40. Major hurdle at 1950 to clear. Silver following suit up 9 cents at 23.17. And Bitcoin futures mosing their way up to 31K, up $195 at $30,950. Triple D, you've given us a lot of trading lessons over the years, but uh, how do you trade with Vertigo? Uh, no, I know. I've had been suffering three days here. I got the spins and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I actually may go to the doctor today. Better than the runs, my away. friend. What's that? What do you do? I said better than the runs, my friend. I don't know if it is. I would rather have the runs than Vertigo for Jeez, sure. No, just a little spins. Like I'm like just very lightheaded, spinning a little bit. Don't really know what happened. I had this a few years ago, but that was when I went to Santa's Village and my kid put me around in those teacups and spun oh me Oh my god, honestly that is think, dangerous. I honestly think I had a concussion from it. This is just weird. I just woke up. And I was like, the oh, room man. was spinning really hard for a few minutes. This is on Monday, uh, or maybe it was even Sunday. I'm losing track of days. And I have, I feel like I'm better than I was a couple of days ago, but I'm still just lightheaded and just a little bit of like when I lay down and then bring my head up, I'm like, oh, just a little bit spinny. So woozy, woozy is the Dennis, word. It's, so it's trying micro, to figure it out. This is old age, man. It's micro dosing, not macro dosing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Let's get into the market today. And definitely, Dennis, the, uh, be careful out there in the trading. When we're not feeling the best, we probably don't trade the best. Also. No, while well, you can make mistakes. You're yeah, trying that's to what it is, right? Here and you're just a little off. Yeah, so you so don't want to make mistakes. That's Oops, a good lesson know, for traders out there. Yeah. yeah, no, no, especially execution mistakes like that, right? Like, you know, you, 
you meant to hit the buy button, hit the sell button, things like that, it, it could really hurt you. Just hit what? A lot of doctors in the, the chat, so. I know. Did you notice that? Not only yeah. do we have market experts, we have uh, medical experts. Like um, Dennis, uh, he ripped the sell button off his computer. I mean, he doesn't even, he reprogrammed it. So when he goes to sell something, he so actually buys. he actually lifts the offer. He you have <laughs> to do that every once in a while. But uh, uh, we got Jeremy Schwartz at eight fifteen over there from Wisdom <laughs> Tree, and we're gonna get going. Let's uh, let's cover the stocks that need to be covered here, and get let's ready get for it. the fireworks. Get ready for that CPI. First thing, of course, let's talk about how it seems like the Nasdaq rebalance seems to really have had a positive effect as market breadth really improved yesterday. Um, one thing that I could see is now we have 55% of stocks now above their 200 simple day moving average. And it seems like there was a lot of buying yesterday going on. What did you guys see? There wasn't much selling going on. It, yeah. It's like if you almost look like for the perfect thing, like the market at this point, trying to get through resistance, trying to, you know, like, why don't we do a re like, and everyone's talking about, you know, the, the narrow breath. I mean, it's just like a whole new factor in the market to, to get people to buy smaller stocks, Dennis. I mean, it was pretty much indiscriminate buying really yesterday where they were picking up the laggard something fierce and you didn't see a huge move in the SPY. But it's those other stocks that haven't been really going, you know, short squeezes happening here now. I mean, IWM's picked it up and is now at, you know, a three month high here. You can see the laggard trade is still what is moving. And maybe it's the rebalance because they weren't really buying the Microsofts and the Apples yesterday. Apple, I believe, actually had closed red. It was, you know, money moving potentially out of that stuff still and moving into everything else. Now, the narrative may change in 23 minutes. We're going to get a very important CPI data point, and that could change everything. But right now, it's green light go for this market. And if we get anything, of a CPI that's in line or light, this market is going to rip. If it comes in hot, it could derail the rally here, but there's so much underneath demand here now. Even if it comes in a little bit hot, it may derail it for a day or two, but there's probably going to be buyers that reemerge. So right now, the FOMO is running the party. That's what we continue to see in so many different stocks, especially some of these beaten down, like Kathy Wood type names. She had a day again. ARKK going up another two bucks here, breaking out to, that's got to be getting close to a 52-week high on ARKK. I'm looking back to last year. Close, 53.86. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 49.43 was your high. It's, it's a, it's a 2023 July. high. Oh, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Look at the move we got in Roku yesterday and moves like that. I mean, it's if we're going to start seeing moves like that and even Zoom starting to get going I well that's it. it we talked <laughs> about this and we talked about this trade and it continued yesterday this is yeah. the rebalance trade here mitch christian from pointing it out very early in the trade these are smaller components in the queues zoom and i mean now you get a two-day rally and you're getting money coming out of some of the mega cap tech which did not participate much yesterday and you know meta was up there was one you know that was participating but overall not participating like it normally does definitely not driving the boss and you're seeing those little that little stuff participate. I mean, Unity Software. Um, you know, we had Tim Quast on Unity and Coin. He was talking about it in his bullish filter. Look at what those two stocks did yesterday. Blast off, nice call there, Tim. 
Um, he comes on every Monday and gives us these good ideas. But I mean, this is, you know, it's the other stuff. The other stuff picking up the slack here now. So when the May cap text taking a few days off or potentially going down because of this rebalancing, it's the other stuff that's picking up the slack. So you're starting to see big moves and other things. And yes, the ATVI um, did obviously get announced that, you know, they got some approvals here. The FTC can still challenge this up till Friday. I would expect that they probably will, or maybe they're going to throw in the towel. We know that uh, the takeout price is 95. I mean, when it gets up to 92 or 93 yesterday, you know, almost $93, it's time to ring the register because if the deal goes off, you're two bucks up. And if they block it again, it probably comes back down. You know, what I was arguing is that this thing got in the 70s. It's yeah, probably, you know, all priced in. So now they get the, you know, the, the news that this may actually go through and then you get the pop to 95. So congratulations to the longs. ATVI is a nice pop. I mean, I think down there in the low 80s, it was all return and very little risk. Uh, thanks to Michael Pactor. I mean, we've been talking to Michael about this for the last year and a half, and he never wavered on his conviction yeah. uh, that this deal, I mean, he, he also has a law background, but uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out on that. Uh, ATVI trading down a buck 15 here on the possible appeal. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about just really quickly there, and I needed to ask Dennis about it, so I'll just ask him live. Everybody can maybe get something out of this. What about that ACI deal? Is that still how, – how's that working out? Because, I mean, remember it, that was a similar situation, how ATVI was down there, and it seemed mm, like look it was how a, that moved up. a better yeah. bet there. Now it's starting to leak to the upside here. Yeah, again, it's following Kroger to a certain extent here, but I haven't been following this one closely there, Mitch. It had okay. I have I was in it for a while a year ago and I have yeah, I, I trade it every once in a while, but I've been out of this trade for a long time. I mean, it you know, the special dividend, you know, was officially given out, but you know, I don't know if this is and, and again, I so I don't want to comment on when I haven't followed okay. the story. I'm not no sure where we are on this deal. I thought it was dead. I thought it was it was it was I, I didn't think it was dead and I thought it could go through dead. at any time. We can go so. try to find this and maybe we'll, we should circle we'll, we'll back. We'll find to out it, about but... that one. That's just one that I want to keep an eye out for because it's a similar yeah, it's still going. There. Keep an eye out for regulators coming in. Let's go to Domino's Pizza. Wait, let's just real quick before we go to Domino's Pizza. Look at this crow. You mentioned Kroger and you bring up yeah. a chart like this and you got to mention this 4770 area one two Good three eye, four George. five six tops man the six keep an eye yeah six i think tops. that was a big start <laughs> hey you keep an eye on that man the three tops doubled right there keep an eye on that for a potential breakout or major resistance kroger sorry mitch go ahead you're good, man. Let's get to Domino's Pizza as they're announcing an agreement that's allowing U.S. customers to order Domino's products through Uber Eats and Postmates app. And they also got in maintain outperform from Oppenheimer, but a price target raised to 400 We talked about this one when it was back at 300 and we were saying a certain point in time. This stock, which was really loved, it was up at 557, could start to turn around here. That has occurred. The stock is now 390. Now I think it's almost time to ring the register, oh, though. Man. You got a 90 we point. We listen move to ourselves, Dennis. <laughs> I know, we, but what we do wrong is we don't replay the show and listen to ourselves enough because we talked about this one down at 300. Yeah, this is one of the ones we were looking at. It was. It was, and I didn't buy it either and upset myself for it. 300 to 390. I mean, the one thing to consider, you can be upset about this stock, you didn't buy this stock, you didn't buy. I mean, 
everything is going though. It seems like whatever we bought a month ago, you know, as, you know, maybe not, you know, some of the may have text trades, but whatever we were buying a month ago, like if I went through all of my purchases, you know, two months ago, I bought GM, not even a month and a half ago, that's went up, you know, GNRC was one that I just bought two days ago or three days ago. That's already went up. But Airbnb we bought, Airbnb. I was looking at all my recent purchases. AMD was before that. I mean, you're up at them all. And, you know, it's not just genius, you know, trading here. It's just the fact that a lot of stocks are going higher. Yeah, market's going up. So stuff is going up. So, you know, I think, you know, where we, you know, we more so we didn't buy this. Well, if we bought something else, you know, and it went up, you know, quite a bit too, we're still doing okay. It just, you know, whatever you were buying a month ago, you know, if we go back to June, IWM was sitting down just trying to break out. And that's when we started to get a little more bullish when we finally were breaking out through that 180 after that long consolidation period in the 170s. I mean, that was the buy signal here. Does that all get derailed in 17 minutes? That's what we're going to find out. Um, I just want to talk about this. I mean, I think everyone in the chat, everyone that ever listens to the show is ordering Domino's pizza through Uber today. And it's getting delivered. I mean, this is uh, just a huge move. 62,000 shares. I can't tell you where to buy it, but I can tell you that there's a pair of monthly highs here between 392 and 395. So if that was your target area, you might get a shot at it today. I, I just, man, this just seems like such an overshoot. But this is a momentum market. It's got momentum going to the upside. Pre-market high is right close to the bottom of that range. 391.90 stands as your pre-market And what we have high. seen is that when these stocks get going, they're hard to derail right now. This is a bull market. So it's like the opposite. When you see a stock selling off 10 11%, it's probably a buy right now because we've been in this bull market. And when the stocks are popping 11%, sometimes they continue. So it's not automatically a sell. It's not automatically a short. 400 is huge on this thing. I mean, you get up there near 400, you got to think there's going to be a few sellers there on DP Zebra. So I would not be buying into this. I don't, I think, I think it's way overdone for the news. But with that being said, this market, this market starts, stocks start going. I mean, you know, look at the Carvana move. I mean, that that thing has had. And, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, including us, that this might be, you know, a zero eventually here. Well, not so fast. 10 to 35. In a month and a half, in six weeks, the squeeze is on. And to Spinner's point, Dash for Trash is on here too. What has been beat up, what has been trashy, what has been hated are the stocks they are actually buying here right now. So that party does continue here. Even Um, the SPACs, baby. The SPACs (laughs) attacks are back. Yeah, Which man, one? I've been watching got? them. There's a lot of them that I have on my radar. LAZR, I started seeing getting going. Uh, that's Illuminar Technologies. Yeah. I saw yeah. LiDAR plays start moving up a little bit, keeping an eye on those. Of course, I had QS, sold it a little early. <laughs> Isn't that a theme here on the show? Uh, but QS continuing to go, and that's yeah. a solid state battery. And you got to be looking at opportunities down there, right? Open had a nice little move yesterday, and I think that was off of the Zillow news. So I'm keeping my oh, yeah. eyes open. buying all that stuff. They're buying that right now. Again, this can all change in 14 minutes. So we don't want to come yep. on here and say we're buy, 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 because you know what the haters will do. They say, oh, look, Dennis is all bullish here, and CPI came out. Hot and now they start. Keep it nimble, man. We're we're recapping what has been going on. New information will come to us at 8:30, which may completely change the narrative, or it might continue it going. It's a very, very important number here coming out at 8:30.
All right. Well, that's uh, going to do it. And what we're going to do today for you guys is we're not going to give you a guess after the number. We're going to get you a guess before the number. And we just might get to that number with our guests. You guys let us know. If you guys have a question, throw it up in the chat. This is always your opportunity also. All right. Good morning, Mr. Schwartz, uh, over there running the, the uh, operation at Wisdom Tree Investments. How you doing today, Jeremy? Good morning, Joel, Dennis, Mitch. Good to be with you all on a day. We've been talking a lot about inflation at Wisdom Tree. It's great to be on with you on this key day. We'll get some of our data out. Uh, we'll see if we can get it out as, as quickly as possible. We've got our own numbers running after the, the official number comes out. But uh, no, it's a good good day to be on with you. What's right, your so projections, Jeremy? What are you projecting out here? I mean, 13 minutes, we're going to get some game-changing information here. Or maybe it keeps the party the same. What are you projecting here for a CPI in 12 minutes? Well, well our big view is, despite whatever the headline number reads out, like our alternative number is way lower. So if you go to, to the last month when there was a 4.1 handle, you know, is the headline number. Our number was one and a half. Like, so we, Why we have is a that? much lower number. And the reason is, and there's really one reason. It's a very simple reason. It's the BLS shelter inflation sure, currently shows an 8% number for the trailing 12 months, it, which is a crazy number. Is, is anybody's home price going up 8% right now? Mm. I mean, actual, the Schiller index is negative over 12 months. The Zillow numbers are positive, but so if you plug in some combination of rental prices and the Case-Shiller housing, our shelter inflation we show is like 1% instead of 8%. So when you plug that in, you get a very low number. And, and now you roll off last June's big number, you roll in this new number. I'm very curious to see, you know, we had one and a half percent on headline. It's possible. I would, I would say our, our number goes below one. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll put that I mean, out that, there. What, that would just, that would just create a buying frenzy of buying frenzies. If it, well, if he's it, just it, saying a hit on his projection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. They're not going to yeah. show it once. No. Yeah. <laughs> what is the number, Mitch? Give it to us again here. Just in the word, bring it into context with Jeremy. What are, what are the actual projections here for this CPI report? Okay. So a uh, year over year outlook expected to come down to 3.1 prior being that 4% reading. And then when we look at the core CPI, of course, a prior reading was 5.3 expected to come in at 5.0. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Will it come in light? I mean, it, it, that's a pretty, that's a pretty uh, big jump down, at least on the year over year outlook from four to 3.1. And Jeremy, if, you know, inflation has been ticking down, which it absolutely has, and all the data, it's shown us that it has been coming down here. Why is the Fed still so aggressive? Why are we still raising rates? Like, is there a risk here that, you know, we just, or is it just like the market is strong enough, the stock market is strong enough to handle it? We're going to keep raising rates until we get that core down to 2% and no ifs, ands, or buts. Why is the Fed still so aggressive? Well, we agree. I mean, we think they should stop. We've been saying they should stop, that they don't need to, that the trend is their friend. It's coming down, particularly if they looked at these alternative metrics, they'd be seeing that that, that it's, it's coming back. Um, but it, it's like they made the, it, it, you sort of overcorrect. It's a natural tendency to overcorrect. They missed the sort of hot inflation when they called it transitory in 2021. 
our numbers would have shown them it was not, you know, our, our numbers were like 13% when the official numbers were 8%. So it was much higher before, but it's much lower now. So I, I think some of it comes to looking at the wrong data and then just over trying to overcorrect their problems. Now, there's some sort of faulty economics in some of it in in what caused the inflation and then, you know, how much they have to worry about wage pressures and you have a structural shift downward in, in workers, is that going to create wage inflation? Should they allow some of that? There, there's some, we, we think they've struggled on some of the economic side on the connections, but, you know, I, I think part of it is just looking at wrong data and then and not wanting to be, you know, they're trying to overcorrect for their past mistake. All right, we're on the line, as I said, with uh, Jeremy Schwartz, Global Chief Investment Officer over at Wisdom Tree. Uh, Jeremy, old habits are hard to break in the markets, and uh, you know one one thing that I followed the year over the years is you know the bond market, right? Bond traders have different information, different ways of viewing the market, and I'm looking at the 30-year bond, or whether you look at the TLT, the 30-year bond hit a uh, uh, just breached its March low absolutely uh opposite of the stock market are bond traders believe in the fed or is this, is this just like a new normal like we don't like bonds you know whatever they're just not as good an indicator anymore talk to us about the price action in the bond market and the implications of it well the inverted yield curve has been one of the single best predictors of recession now if we have a recession it'll be the most anticipated recession in history like everybody has <laughs> i think so Everybody has been calling for this recession, so it would not be a surprise. And so then you say, well, how much is factored into prices already? Because everybody knows it's coming um, in some in some fashion. So maybe that's sort of part of the savior um, when when it ultimately comes. But the you know the what's what's what, because of that inverted yield curve. You know the floating rate treasuries. We have a fund USFR. It's now seventeen billion. It took in you know twelve billion last year, another four billion this year because it's got one week duration. The rates have been resetting every week with the T-bill auctions and it's 545, you know? So like you get the highest yields with no duration. So like, you know, if you're looking, if you're an income investor, getting 545 instead of going out and getting 4% at the long end still is an attractive trade-off. Now you don't get price gains if, hey, if the 10 year goes from four to three, you're not gonna get any capital gains, but you, you know, if, if, if there's less downside in bonds now because if the 10 year went from four to five, it's not the same as when it went from one and a half to four. You got a lot of downside in bonds when yields rise and just the higher coupons means, you, you know, the another 1% rise isn't as painful. Um, you know, we're, I think we're getting towards the high end of the range though, on where the long bonds are trading. You know, we, if you got to 2%, you're starting to get to 2% on the tips bonds, the inflation protected bonds. We think that's sort of a, a good fair value longer run. We think that could be 50 basis points or below. And, you know, it's not a high absolute number at 2% real, but it's it's reasonable. Uh, and and I think we're sort of getting to that 425 in the 10-year, 2% on tips is, is, you know, I think where some of our team has seen value. 
So if you're looking at the stock market here, we've had the Magnificent Seven. They're going to be undergoing the rebalancing. You're having the, the, the IWM really show some life. That's what everyone was looking for in this market. Uh, growth stocks are, are, are perking up. I mean, this is something that, you know, is a trend that's going to persist here next three, six months, a year. I mean, if it does, it really propel the bull market. Do you have any any sectors or, uh, about, I don't know if you want to give individual stocks, uh, that you're looking at if we continue on uh, you know this uh, trend towards lower inflation. Well, I'm, I am a little worried on the valuations of the tech stocks. I mean, we have a daily dashboard that we put out. It shows you know the the S and P X tech is right around 17 times, which is basically the exact multiple of the last 30 years. So X tech, everything is sort of fair based in the last 30 years, exactly at its median multiple. But tech is. And this is sort of the expanded tech. So, you know, not just Apple and Microsoft, but putting Amazon, which used to be a tech company, now consumer discretionary and Meta and Google used to be tech now in sort of the their own communication sector. If you put all of those techs together, that's around 40 percent of the S&P. That's at almost 30 times earnings. You know, it's usually a 21 times earnings basket. Uh, you know, it's not February 2000 levels so that back then it was close to 60 times earnings. So it's half where it was during the 2000 tech bubble, but it's certainly not cheap. And, you know, so I think certainly the AI wave has put a lot of support behind uh, the, the big tech sector. But I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of high expectations built into that, which, which to me, you know, is, is a little bit more risk. So I kind of like everything X tech in some ways, um, you know, now small caps are, they're loaded with the banks. And so, you know, now the banking dynamic has quieted down, but the, the higher, you know, the higher rates go, it still challenges to the banks. The banks are still not paying really appropriate interest rates. So I don't no, think you're fully, you're fully out of the woods on these banks, even though it's quieted down. Um, you know, so I think that's my one concern on small caps. I and mean, I love the valuations on some of those places, but, you know, you could say they're cheap for, for some, some reason there with, you know, the banks still having some issues. All right, bringing it back to Powell here, and one thing that I really caught on his last comments, of course, were, of course, that he doesn't see us getting back to 2% this year and next year. Is that how you see it, Jeremy? Well, I'm going to put out my alt number, and my alt number is going to say we're already past 2%. We've already mission accomplished. But, you know, so his number, yes, he is not going to get there. But uh, but the real numbers are are well there. Um, I, I can't wait to see my official numbers here. In a few <laughs> now, as a follow there, one, what will it take for them to start thinking of an actual pivot? Well, you've got, I think Austin Goolsby, who's now the Chicago Fed president, was a very good addition. I mean, he's one that's been talking about, let's see some of the implications of the banks and the tightening lending standards that come. Although when he was just on CNBC, he sounded like he was supportive of a few more hikes. You know, he come in saying he was concerned on the tightness in lending that's going to come from some of the banking fallout. Um, he sort of walked that back on his latest public interview, but we think generally he's been a good addition. I, so the, the question is really, you haven't had a lot of refinancing. These interest rate sensitive sectors said they all refinance low and they haven't faced the brunt of these higher rates, which is, I think, one of the reasons why you haven't seen the economy really fall out. But that stuff can change quickly. It's like, you know, how did you go bankrupt gradually and then suddenly? Um, and so th these kind of things can happen quickly. Uh, and so we can't say, you know, we're fully at all clear signs for the economy here. 
All right. Okay. So it looks like we're going to get numbers pretty soon here. Uh, are you going to stick around for us to sure. the number here? All right. Well, here, that's what I like to hear. We'll get our numbers I'm going to sneak away to actually well, well, make sure don't I don't get run over here on that, the number. But we're going we to get Jeremy with for, you guys. So. Exactly. Yeah. Dennis, you can get to the background here. Go, go do what you do best, my friend. All right. Let's. See I, I just want to tell you before you give it, uh, Jeremy. I like. I hope like you have a seatbelt on because I sometimes I get a little excited during these numbers, <laughs> screaming and Ready. yelling to price action. So, take it away, Mitch. All right. We'll see what we get here. Of course, CPI is going to come in. We got a couple of different numbers that we'll be looking at month over month. Number is consensus is zero point three prior 0.1. Of course, the year-over-year -year numbers are the ones that a lot of people kind of focus on. Uh, consumer price index expected to come down from 4 to 3.1. And when we look at the core CPI from 5.3 to 5. And I'm also looking at that core CPI because, of course, that excludes energy and food. And I've talked about how what we are really want to see is does some of that sticky stuff start to let go, right? The services, uh, rental price or shelter price, right? It, that's one thing that I'll be looking at in the report to see if it shows up. All right, let's, let's see what yeah, happens we got here. About, we got about 20 seconds. We got about 15 seconds. The algo jumpers are not really jumping algos here yet. Very, very quiet here. We're getting a little bit of a pop-up. I'll just give you the numbers on the upside. Uh, Pre-market high, 86.75. The only thing that matters after that is the recent high of the move. The highest we've been since uh, it looks – first move is up. Stopped at 95. The high of the move is – I have to say it's a very – it's a light number. I mean, if it's out yet, I don't know. We just <laughs> took out the high of the move. Don't get faked out. 98 was the high of the move. All right. CPI for all items rises 0.2 in June. Oh. Expected was 0.3. So that's a little bit light there. Now I'm looking at the year-over-year -year numbers here. Year-over-year -year coming in at 4.8 uh, for core versus a 5%. So that's light. And then overall CPI coming in here at 3% versus 3.1. So it looks like everybody had this report except me. You guys should have let me know. 3.0 coming in versus 3.1 and prior 4.0. So that is a good pat on the back, I think, today uh, for the Fed. And now the questions remain, right? Will this leave for more we're ripping here. We are entering an area of very little resistance here because if we wait, I had to go back to April of 2022 and <laughs> we came down hard in that, that time period. Uh, but I just want to make a nomination for the new head of the Fed. And that's going to be Jeremy Schwartz, assisted by Jeremy Siegel. Jeremy, nice call. Still not at your numbers, but uh, give us uh, your appraisal of the report. Yeah, we were just talking to Siegel and he, you know, he had been nominated to be a governor by Bush, but they wouldn't approve him with a Democratic Senate. And now he thinks he's too old. He can't get at it anymore. So it's, I, your, your proposal might be a way to go um, <laughs> as he, as he thinks he's past the age limits. But the yeah, I'm, 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 we're going to work to get our number out there. It, it's definitely trending in a nice direction. I need to get all the details here. OK, but it's, yeah. Um, so uh, at least from what I'm seeing on the report, looks like shelter, of course, the largest contributor to the monthly all items increase, accounting for 70 percent of the increase. 
course, this is coming straight from the report. If I take a look at it here, I wanted to take a look to see how used cars were doing because they, we did see an increase on the prior report. And now we see a decline of 0.5. So at least not seeing a crazy spike there in the used cars and trucks. And got to keep an eye on that shelter, right? I think that that's one that if it does give, that's how I see us getting down to that 2%. But it's something to keep an eye out for. All right, what's this 11th good number in a row, I think? The 11th uh, decline. So uh, the Fed uh, just giving uh, giving all the right answers to the market. I see everything move. I don't see anything uh, red on my screen. I see the buck in the red by just a little bit. But uh, gold catching the bid, nearing to clear the 1950 area. Your, uh, uh, your mega cap tech uh, is up. Your banks are even up here. So good news being delivered ahead of earnings season. We do have the PPI coming out tomorrow. This seems to be uh, the main number, but uh, uh, Jerry, I was just curious that you're there and you said, you know, you're inputting your numbers. So your dynamic, does it take, do you update faster than the fed funds tool or how, how <laughs> we gotta run, we know we got to run our reports. It's going to take a few minutes, but the, I mean, I, your, your comment on, all right. So shelter again, 7.8% yeah. the last 12 months and being two thirds of the total increase. Right. So you just think about if you just took out that two thirds, exactly. because our number is 1% instead of 8%. And so that, you know, our number is going to be way, way lower. Um, it's basically stripping that, that entire 8% out. And so it's, um, can they get the inflation though down in the shelter, right? They've tried to bend and it's break. down already. It's down. It's just their crazy way of surveying. I mean, the actual <sighs> That's real the truth. world. The real That's world. the truth, right? Real world and what is reported is two different ballgames. Uh, how games. could there be such a, uh, a difference between, uh, you know, your calculations and what they, I mean, are they banging on the wrong doors for these surveys or, or what? Yes. <laughs> Wrong it's, communities. <laughs> it's well, the, the, so it, 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 there's it's a pretty well popularized thing, and they do know that they're that the, the, you, you actually part of why Powell started talking about horse services at shelter is that they knew yeah. that that home prices were no longer increasing. I mean, home prices were up forty percent, and then they turned around. Now, the last three months of the Case Shiller was positive, and with seven percent mortgages, you're surprised that they've actually stayed as as positive. I thought we'd have more deflation in housing prices. Rents, though, you know, they're still five, six percent higher. So there is some stickiness you know, there. Yes. But but, you know, the owner's equivalent rent, which is like 75 percent of it. I mean, it's like 80 percent of the shelter inflation is owner's equivalent rent. And listen, there's no perfect number. I'm not saying Case Shiller is like the perfect mm -hmm. substitute. But when it, it's just another way of looking at it. And that other way of looking at it tells you shelter inflation is closer to one percent instead of instead of uh the 7.8% they showed today. All right. Before we get you out of here, I also wanted to ask a little bit about the future reports coming up, right? Of course, it's going to get, uh, we're going to get towards those kind of July numbers that were really kind of the peak. Uh, what do you think as we keep going further in the year? Do you see us kind of continuing on this downward path and, and pretty quickly? Well, you know, the commodity prices have, have generally not been rising. So like the sensitive indicators have mm -hmm. been, generally in a downturn now oils picked up just recently um but it's still in a general downward trajectory so you know i i'd say 
yes, we think things are on this on the right path. They're they're coming towards their number. Maybe not, you know, the official because of shelter in particular, the official numbers have some slowness to it. Um, and then the services numbers are a pretty slow moving series, which is why you say if they if they only wait for these services numbers to get back to two percent, they could be waiting way too long and, and create more unemployment than necessary. You know, so hopefully you have enough conversations at at that Fed table hearing. Yeah, the real world it it it's tr is trending in in a good direction. So what does this do for your your um your you know your long term outlook for the market year end projections, new all time highs? Where you know where does this uh, new information? Uh, you know, uh, and of course you're waiting for more information, yeah. the actual numbers, but. New, new all-time highs in the cards here uh, based on this information, or are we getting a little ahead of ourselves? Well, and I like that for the equity markets, the dollar, you know, today you got a pullback in yields, a pullback in the dollar. Th those are actually positive supporters. I mean, the, the uh, a strong dollar is a headwind to a lot of big tech. You know, a lot of the earnings come overseas. So in in the initial response right now, that is positive for the markets. Um, now, the, the question, well, how, does the Fed play along or you know does the fed still think they have to keep the fight so i think what the fed does is still part of the equation and so they're just people responding to the numbers and so you need to see them actually stop their rhetoric too so maybe you know we again we don't think they need to hike in july but they probably still hike and and what do they say about the future you know so hopefully they they can be patient and you you hear things like cumulative impact of their tightening that they're monitoring this, that they think it's trending well, they don't have to keep hiking. That would be the best for the markets. The, the, right. the more you keep going, the more risk. Uh, the uh, uh, An extended uh, interview here with Jeremy Schwartz, Global Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree Funds, peeking into the inflation numbers before they even come out. Jeremy, I think I have to put this up here. Uh, on one of the better calls that uh, we've had on some uh, on some live data. Really appreciate you coming on. Maybe we'll dial up you and the professor next time, but uh, always a pleasure having you on pre-market prep. And check our Twitter page, my Twitter page for the official for our for our CPI numbers coming out a little bit later uh, this morning. All right, and I'll make it as easy as just click the link and give them a follow. It's right there in the chat, guys. All right, thank you, Jeremy. Have a good one, man. All right, definitely go ahead and give him a follow and definitely follow Wisdom Tree also. So I can throw up that link also if you guys want to check out Wisdom Tree Funds. Uh, but looks like Dennis is back. What you see, my friend? Buy it all, market. That's what Buy it is. all, baby. Bye, 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 bye. Consumer bye. staples <laughs> lagging. The only thing really red on the screen, Cisco is red. It got downgraded. It is just buy everything. They're indiscriminate buying into the number for a few days. Besides the mega caps and indiscriminate buying here after the number here too. So, I mean, that's what you're seeing here. Remember, the rebalance is still coming. I'd be cautious just paying up 2 3% for some of these mega caps right now. Tesla up 3% on this number here this morning. I'd be cautious with that because I tend to think like, you know, this rally may hold and some of this other stuff. To Jeremy's points, which were just so great, S&P take out tech. As 17 PE is out of market multiple. It's why I've been long the IWM sitting at 15 times, 16 times when we were buying it. It was reasonably valued. I've got to just be cautious though, chasing mega cap tech here because that rebalance is coming. So this is going to give everybody who got kind of run over, you know, from Monday when they announced that an opportunity here 
to maybe get some of those losses back. So I think you run into an overhead supply issue in Microsoft, in Apple. Um, the other stocks here have been beaten up so much that you know the party could continue here on some of this other stuff. So I'd actually more inclined to be selling the mega cap tech stocks into this as opposed to, and I, I don't like buying into rips either. So that's why I'm naturally contrarian. So I'm looking, what can I sell? I would be more inclined to sell those stocks as opposed to just coming in here and buying them. Are the bears feeling the heat though also, right? Because I mean, uh, bears? The bears. bears, there was some bears out there uh, it, a couple days ago. I'm sure there was some bears and they were like thinking, oh, NVIDIA is going to break. Yeah, that's just coming oh, right back yeah. Mitch, The bears right. have been, Mitch, the bears have been underwater and destroyed. It's not about <laughs> feeling heat. They're burned up and dead. No, I but mean, I, I, I do know this, even this is just traders. crazy talk. Yeah, the I bears knew... feeling heat. The bears are destroyed, Mitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this it, is it, why we got off the bear train and went neutral at least. I wish mm -hmm. I was full in. I wish, you know, I was I wasn't 50% cash right now because obviously, you know, that continues to go up here. So my long-term portfolio definitely underperforming here right now. But from a trading perspective, this bulls have been in control here for a long, long time. The question is, you know, at a certain point, like I'm like I'm saying on the mega cap tech trade, they didn't those stocks didn't participate the last few days because of this coming rebalance. Now they're all ripping and buy, buy Microsoft, buy Tesla. We got to get in there. I'm saying don't fall for it on these ones here because this rebalance could put pressure on these stocks here again. So I think it gives you an opportunity to maybe rebalance yourself again. Maybe sell some of those mega cap tech stocks into the strength. Maybe you're buying some of the other stuff that's been you know lagging into the weakness. I mean, this and, is kind of what the market wanted. The you know, this is kind of what the, you know the market wanted as far as you know a a broader based rally and uh, whether the CPI or the rebal the rebalancing. I mean, and I mentioned it before. I mean, that's just that just kickstarted things. And then now you get uh, the the lower numbers uh, rolling in here. Back over over forty five hundred right now. We took out that former high of the move, uh, forty four ninety eight. So that's a. I mean, it, it's uh, actually we should look at the forty four ninety five to ninety eight area because we talked about all the tops right in the S and P's and also in the spiders. So you've taken out resistance. You've ran stops. Anybody like? Oh, I know we're not going through forty five hundred. They're all cleared out, and we'll see. You know, on a decline, where the where the buyers step in here. But uh, for right now, breaking about forty five hundred, and then I also wanted to show this uh, on the S and P more. I mean, we I had to go back, and I was like to look for uh, for daily numbers, and we're back at uh, levels that we haven't seen since like last August, right? Or excuse me, last April. So this is the area we cleared this uh, this resistance uh, with all these daily highs here, but now it's just kind of like I mean I don't want to say hey there's nothing up here to 4600, but like on the on the dailies this is what the chart looks like. You're getting your money back from holding on from over a year ago when uh, we traded over 4,600. So, so far, so good. I don't think end. it's easy sailing here. Like people are thinking no. we're going straight to 5,000 here. I don't think it's easy sailing. I do Never think is. you got to be buying dips on certain stocks. I think it's going to be stock selection at this point in time. I do believe stock picking, you know, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen the mega cap tech trade was the first six months of the year. It's, it got derailed a few days ago because it's coming rebalance. And I think it continues to have pressure here for the next seven or eight days until that rebalance is past us. So I think you're as a trader, there's a good setup here. 
It's selling mega cap tech and buying other stuff on weakness. I think that trade could potentially continue. All right, let's go taking a look into an upgrade here. Uh, you want to take a look at that ILMN? Either one, it. Mitch. You, you, either All right, one I was going to know. BOA Securities upgrading DraftKings to buy and announcing a $35 price target. Uh, this is one that I have a friend that's had this near 11s and 10s. So I've been telling them, and a little part of me was even like, man, maybe ring the register at 25s. I think he's been smart. He's just hanging on and hanging on. It looks like a great investment now as this is up there to 30s. Well, I mean, it's a great trade. Right? DraftKings hard to say as an investment standpoint because that takes years to play out. Um, but, I mean, everything just got oversold, and this has been the year of the comeback. DraftKings in 2022 went from $40 to 10 10 to 30 You wouldn't think it could continue this you know, strongly here forever yes. and valuations don't matter when the story is hot this DraftKings story is hot analysts are chasing price here now so you can't even look at it from that perspective um and it set up well a few days ago when it got to the 25 26 consolidation area right that's there. the times to strike so i want to just you know give a lesson here because the times to strike aren't the days that we just run you know 10 20 percent on a stock in three days the times mm -hmm. to strike are in consolidation periods where you've had a big run and then you're breathing, breathing, breathing. That's when you strike and make your bets on usually a way of a continuation of the run. So DraftKings set up for the entire month of June as a good buying opportunity because it was consolidating that move from 18 to 26. Now it has consolidated up to the upside here and moved up to the upside. And you're $30 and you know, you're breaking out. So you know, at a certain point in time, you'd look, okay, we went to 18 to 26. Could this go to 34 or 35? It could. I mean, you're in breakout mode. I don't think there's any reason to just turn around and take the profits immediately here on this. But I don't think you should be chasing stocks here either. I'll give you a different way to maybe take a look at gambling stocks, maybe bets, Round Hills, sports betting, and iGaming ETF. ETF. Um, just a little bit different, right? Uh, I, 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 the one problem is this pretty thin, isn't it? It is a little thin. The, gotta be these round hill ones are a little thin, so you got to be a little bit careful. Yeah. It has low volume, uh, but at least the stock's in there. Uh, you got DraftKings, MGM, SRAD, Caesars. I like the mix. It has some pen in there. It has some. It has a mix of gambling with actual physical casinos that I like. Um, and so if you want to take a look at that, that's B-E-T-Z. Okay, yeah, just with the DraftKings, since the monthlies didn't give me any good information, I just went to the weeklies to get uh, to get you guys a little bit more information. And uh, going back, this is on the weekly, so if you're trading on a longer-term time frame, uh, I'm going to call, I'll just split it, and I'm going to call it 3060. Uh, that splits the highs uh, back at the end of 2021. Wow. Uh, the last two weeks of December, you had uh, weekly highs, not monthly highs, at 3041 and 3071. Now, haven't quite reached that yet in the pre market. Pre market high stands at 3037. But up another 30, 40 cents. Also, just from just my memory, just like past memory with DraftKings. On days of these upgrades, a lot of times it gives you that high open, the flush, then, you know, uh, you know, find some buyers again. So just alluding to what Dennis was saying about, you know, if you're buying this off the hop, the first print at 30, you know, you don't want to see someone, you know, locking this down at 29.90. So we'll see if the rally continues. Penn, the, which has been the, the lag. Before you go off, the biggest 
the, the the biggest issue with chasing stocks is how do you control the risk, risk. on DraftKings? So you come in here and you buy it at 30. Well, the thing's in an uptrend down to 25. Do I want to risk? And you've got to be playing it for that trend. Do I want to risk it down to 25? Am I buying at a 30? I basically got to risk it to 25 because the trend would still be intact at that point in time. That's a huge five points. It's like a huge risk on a $30 stock. That's the biggest reason why. And, and this is where all the traders fail. I'm telling you, we have been, you know, it's not like, you know, we're just newbies here. You know, Joel started the Bright Trading Office in Detroit. We've seen hundreds of professional traders come and go. I mean, why do the ones, what do they all have in common? The traders that fail, it's they're chasing, they're getting into stuff, they're indiscriminate, you know, they're buying or they're just not even considering risk. You always got to consider a professional trader will that that's successful will always consider the risk first. So when I enter a trade, I'm looking, okay, where's my out? And then I can take my price targets from that point in time. You come in and chase DraftKings at 30 and say, I think it's going to 32. Well, you're, you're thinking about the return first. You're not thinking about the risk first. The risk is this thing is down to 25 because that's where the trend is still intact. So I can't make the trade buy because I got five points. The risk is just simply too high. I'd rather have something that's just starting to break out. DraftKings three days ago at 26 made a lot of sense. Because again, you had the same thing, that 25, that ch ch that line intact there. So uh, Joel left here. I don't know, maybe he didn't agree with what I was saying. But <laughs> but all I'm trying to say is... Wrong button. Be, no, 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 no. You've got to be very careful just coming in and buying because everybody else is buying. Like I, like I, I always talk about that trader that traded beside me, you know, break trade in the office when I first started in 1999. And all he did was chase everything. Chase, chase, chase. And he'd make money here, make money there, and then he'd get hammered, and then he'd get hammered. And eventually, you know, he just kept losing. And what I realized quickly is you can't jump on the moving train. You've got to jump on the trains before they leave the station. We repeat mm -hmm. ourselves a lot on this show because this is the stuff that works, folks. Yeah. With the uh, with the DraftKings too, Dennis, I was alluding to more a little bit more of a shorter term trade, right? I mean, if if you were just like, I gotta get in DraftKings at thirty, I know it's going to thirty five, you know, yeah. I if you're looking at a longer term perspective, risk five bucks. I mean, then you need this thing to go forty for a good uh, a two good to one. Well, yeah, yeah. For at least good, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I hate you. trading one to ones. I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't barely ever trade for one how's old pen doing pen is up it's 56. struggling man it's struggling <laughs> joel put your charts back up so i can see them oh, there, but, I, 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 um okay. but definitely pen is just not gone anywhere and i think that's the downfall of barstool sports that's why pen has not gone anywhere it's not the same what it used to be just look at their streams look how much uh viewership they get nowadays as they used to get a year or two ago not the same and that's why another big thing, Portnoy is not the same, right? On Barstool Sports. He's not the leader anymore. He well, I think come that out anymore. They had the Portnoy premium in there, and I think that did hurt. I, I agree it with that too them. much. Yeah. One thing to consider, though, on Penn, it's been a laggard, but this is a laggard market here all of a sudden. Exactly. So we sometimes so, go into ones. leaders or leaders. The leaders have lagged. You know, let's just, and you know, my, you know, and they were lagging before this rebalance thing. Microsoft has went nowhere in a month. So, I mean, this same, you know, we've been talking about the strength since June. That strength in the IWM is prevalent. That strength in the SPY is prevalent. Look where Microsoft started the beginning of June. It started the beginning of June. I'm just trying to grab the number. Right around 333. Right here. 
Yep. We're at the same spot. Microsoft has went nowhere for a month. What is that telling us? The leadership that we had in the first six months is changing to a certain extent in the last month. We are seeing value pick it up. We are seeing, you know, more, you know, laggard trades like, you know, the Carvanas. It's not all value because we're seeing it's 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 a laggard trade. So it's money rotating from leaders to laggards. Right now we have an everything rally, but the market that we're in right now is the leadership has actually come from the laggards. So I'm more inclined to be buying laggards on dips as opposed to buying leaders on rips. The leaders I would be selling on rips, the previous leaders. So I'm looking at those Microsofts and Apples and Amazons today as an opportunity. I'm long Amazon in the long-term portfolio, but you know, just as trading, I'm looking at those as more selling opportunities here today because they have been lagging in the last month. Uh, Microsoft, and uh, we talked about these big these big stocks, and we also talk about the expiration, right? And uh, like Nvidia, uh, you know, it's off its high, four thirty nine ninety. That was made uh, the one uh, the week of the expiration. Apple's been a little bit different story. That's went on to a new uh, all time high. Uh, Google cooled off a little bit. Uh, but that's still, I mean, that peaked in early June. Uh, Amazon, which has been a little bit more of a laggard, uh, you know, on the overall rally. Um, this has come, I'll give you a good level in, uh, uh, if you're looking for a next daily target in this one. Yeah, your three-day high comes in at 130.97 and your high of the move, 130.38. So uh, definitely some love. S&P's leaking here a little bit. I don't know if it's uh, just a little bit of profit taking going into the opening bell. Uh, that pre-market high, 410.75. Really would like to see us close over that former resistance area. We talk about taking out resistance, right? And then, you know, just going. But can that old resistance area act as support? And it's going to get tested today. Uh, getting tested almost right now. We do have the PPI number, but I think what we've seen uh, over the course of time is like the CPI is the king. The CPI pretty much uh, dictates, you know, the where the PPI is. So some of the commodity prices have moved up, but um, right now CPI having us going in the right direction. Where's Tesla now? Tesla's starting to leak here a little bit here too. Bring it up here because we just talked about this up at 277. 275. I mean, this is the kind of stock right now that, you know, is, you know, going to be under pressure here coming with this rebalance. What a gift. What a gift on Tesla, this rally here today, going up eight points on this. What a gift on Microsoft being up three and a half bucks here a few minutes ago or four bucks. I mean, what a gift here this morning. If you've been like, oh, this rebalance is getting me. I got hit on these things. Man, what a gift here. I'm very convicted on this sell the Magnificent 7. I just tweeted out too. Just my opinion. I may be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know anything. But what I can tell you is that I believe there will be some selling pressure still coming for these stocks. So you get this you know, ridiculous algo buying everything here this morning on the CPI number. I'm not saying the overall market. What I'm saying is the Magnificent 7. I think it's a selling opportunity here today. I'm reiterating that. All right. So maybe keep your eyes on some of the lower ones, right? That might get a little bit of that continued boost higher, right? That's what I'll be looking for. I saw eBay continuing higher. I know you have mentioned that one yesterday. Um, Dennis, before the market opened, right? And eBay's continuing to just rise. I don't think this has anything to do with eBay, right? So I'm going to continue watching stocks like that to see if they keep pushing higher. And maybe the big caps don't push up as fast as the other ones. 
We'll find out. The laggard uh, did, trade is real. The yeah, laggard trade, especially in those for. QQQs, is real. Mm -hmm. eBay, this is not a coincidence that this thing is just ripped for two days straight because it's that lower component in the QQQ. I mean, we've got to respect that. I'm going to keep coming back to the special rebalance. We haven't seen this in 12 years, something like this. It's going to affect price. Twice it is. Time, yeah. It's not even going to. It is affecting prices. Yeah, it, it is, is why Zoom is up you know, 10% in two days. It is why eBay is up significantly. It's not a coincidence. So look at what those lower components are in the QQQ. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that we're buying on depths. Look at what those higher components are in the QQQs. Those are the ones I'm selling on reps until we get past this rebalance, which we won't pass it for another eight days. And also, I just want to mention that this, you know, uh, for maybe for people that haven't been, you know, tuned in all week or been following. I mean, these are basically mandatory sells for uh, for for some major companies and for major institutions. I mean, they, there's not it's not okay. Well, we could just sit this out. They have to rebalance the that if they're mimicking uh, the triple Qs or the indexes. They have to sell these stocks. Now, if they were ahead of it during expiration in the week before, it's a different thing. But there, you know, there, there's a mandate on the desk. This is what we have to do. We have to unload X and we have to put it here. So it's not, you know, it's just not a, a theoretical thing. They they have to do that in order to, you know, get back to uh, the reporting standards or to, to well, mimic just the track index. the index as well. Correctly. But but and and correctly but what i just want to clarify is they there will be participants that have to sell it doesn't necessarily mean that these stocks have to go down because there could be just more buying pressure that will over you know compensate for that so it doesn't mean any of that but it, what it means is there's one thing serious thing working against those names those that magnificent seven for the next few days and now you get this indiscriminate buying off the cpi number i think the algos made a big mistake buying some of these the magnificent seven up two three percent today all right, so uh, I'm just pulling the QQQs yeah, here do and this. kind of Excellent. showing the holdings here and the percentage there. And so what kind of percentage should we kind of be looking at? The ones that are kind of closer towards the 1% No, lower. Go to the lower bottom than the of the list. Okay, the very bottom, bottom of the list. Of the list. Let's, let's do it. Bottom of the list, you there see you Lucid. You got here. JD. Look at Zoom right there. Zscaler had a nice day yesterday. And Face. Look also at Siri, S-I-R-I. This stock doesn't go anywhere, and all of a sudden it goes from 440 to 480 in, uh, in two days. This isn't a coincidence here, folks. This yeah. isn't a coincidence. This is a stock that does nothing. Yeah, like, okay, can... so, yeah, go through them all. eBay right there. Zscaler pulled it. back yesterday a little bit there. I don't know if there was individual news there or not, but you, you keep moving it, Mitch. I know yeah, yeah, I'm going back and forth. Charts. Let's I'm just sorry, let's I'm just going go back through. And forth okay, here. okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah I'm That's... showing the chart action and a little bit of the the yeah. the, the actual holdings there. But uh, you got end phase at 0.16. That That's a get... stock that could get bought here. It's up another three dollars here this morning. I'm not sure. Well, it's probably just market movement here. But there's yeah. another stock that's Something been dead money. Keep an eye out for, a right? lot of these stocks have been dead money. That could could that move up to 185 or 190 on this in the next few days? I think so. That's when I'd probably be buying short term as a trade on a pullback here. So, you know, and, and um, you know, just grabbing other ones from the list, Align Technologies, ALGN. Like, if it, it's, it's these things all look the same. They all started going. Illumina has, and Illumina has had some issues. It has some wrong. news. Had some had news. The, the news that affected yeah. it, right? Um, what about Walgreens? How's that one been doing? And again, this is a consumer staple, but this is, you know, a pretty big move. XLP has been down the last two days, yet WBA going up. 
Why is WBA bucking the at the XLP trend? Because it's in the queues. Oh. So I mean, these are these. This is this is where we find an edge. It's little things like this. Some it seems ones. boring. It seems too easy to be true. You know, when you just go look at a list like this. But this is how you know you make some money. It's just thinking. You know, I, I and not looking so much. Data you know, dog. Like people look Data at dog. the technicals. Just technicals. Like I'm going to take it back. To that there's so many traders that are just. I just trade the charts. And that's all that I do. They don't get any of this money. They don't get any of this. Maybe they see it on the charts where they start to perk up and then they get into it. But they're not getting it on the initial you know, move here. If you would have just played that on the initial announcement of the rebounds and bought the zooms and bought all those lists on the stocks on the bottom and sold all those ones on the top, you did really well. So there is big money being made playing you know, headlines, playing news, playing rebalances, stuff like that. There's always been big money. And it's more predictable. All right. That was excellent recap there. And I just threw up in the chat there the same link that I was looking at right there. If you guys want to go ahead and do some research yourself, right? Now let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up here, Joel. Let's bring the ES up and let's take a look at your outlook. for. The yeah, day. I mean, uh, we've hit 45, 10, 75. I just have, I have nothing there for you. Uh, I was talking about going back. If I had to give you some potential targets on the upside, uh, the rolling front month contract peaked at uh, 45.21.75. That was on April 22nd of 2022. Uh, the cl previous close that day was 45.19. So there's a good target for you on the upside. That would be exceeding the average daily range. And then, uh, you know, it always seems to get, you know, a little bit of selling, you know, off the open. And I think uh, for today, you know, we'll keep an eye on that former high of the move. There was a bunch of highs there, 45.95 to 45.98. Uh, I'll be looking at that as potential support. But uh, the market was leaning long into the report. It got what it wanted, and uh, here we are, up 34 and a quarter handles. So, everyone, have a good day out there, and uh, get ready for that PPI tomorrow. Great call by Jeremy Schwartz here and his team as well, obviously. So, we got to give some props out there, too. We'll even give a shout-out to Tom Lee, who called for a 100-point rally this week. Heck, maybe he's going to get it. Maybe Tom he Lee. is. And I think that one thing that I've talked about in the past is that when we're in kind of bubble environments, the market does not need to be logical. This is where I see people making comments in the chat where the truth is markets are not logical. Let's stop having this mentality that things need to be logical all the time. No, that's not the truth. The truth is, is things can keep running and especially valuations can keep running in a time when we're starting to get more into that kind of bull market bubble environment it's ai baby i'll keep watching those stocks today to see if they can keep pushing um you know i've seen the market do this before where everyone thinks the market's going to turn around and it just continues to climb the wall but, so we'll see what well, happens well and it depends the type of market you're in it depends you know how and the fomo has been kicked in for a long time here now so yeah. you know are we capitulating fomo here at this point in time on some stocks we might be but mm -hmm. those stocks, there's so many stocks that just haven't participated. You know, to Jeremy's point, we're at a market multiple on, you know, the majority of stocks out there. And some of them were trading significantly under a market multiple. Stocks that we've been talking about for a long time. Some stocks trading 10, 11, 12 times earnings. I mean, there's some stocks that are just really cheap. 
So I, we're definitely in the tail of two markets here where I mm -hmm. think you've got to start looking, you know, at, you know, valuation to a certain extent here. But it, then again, you know, the laggard trade's going to just on even stuff that doesn't zombie companies are rallying here now, too. So it's yeah. this it's this rotation. We're going from leaders to laggards. And the thing that, you know, it started really two weeks ago, but then, it, you know, with the rebalance announcement did not help that, you know, it probably put more pressure on it, too. So today we see buying and everything. I think we use that opportunity to reallocate some money, maybe, you know, and, and move some of it out of some of the magnificent seven. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll be watching also. I just wanted to kind of mention because I've been on this trade for like a month, a little bit over a month. I'm all out of the XOM short. And a lot of that was due to yesterday's comment by the EIA that they see uh, oil kind of jumping up there towards holding in 78 and getting into the 80s by the end of the year. And so with that mention, you guys are seeing a turnaround, a quick one in energy. I'm actually looking at the flip actually looking to maybe even get long on some of these names now i've taken some money on the downside that they didn't want to break they had good levels and now they're starting to jump higher so i'm also going to be watching to see stocks like that try to continue higher and if energy starts ripping to the upside i'll also keep an eye out on the solar names things like that we'll see what happens um i don't see much of the downside right i like now. that end phase right now yeah. Uh, and just maybe for a trade, but I liked it that it was on the bottom of that QQQ list, which could put some pressure. I think there's analyst commentary here today because mm -hmm. it's up a little bit more. I thought I saw something go by. I'm not 100% on that, yeah. but I thought I saw something go by. I know SunPower caught an upgrade here today, which it's up 12% after being downgraded, I think, from somebody else a day ago here. But I think, you know, what I'm doing is my shopping list is on pullbacks on that bottom of that list, and my selling list on rips is at the top of that list. Today, we're getting a rip, I'm looking at selling the top of that list, the QQQs we're talking about. Tell we All get right. past it. Seven days to go or eight days to go, include today. I, I took the Barbie trade yesterday I talked about, Dennis. We'll see if it keeps going. I got WBD, and it's also at the bottom of the Qs thing uh, of the rebalance. So who knows? Maybe it can continue going. Uh, Mattel did get a lift also yesterday, but it's starting to get a little toppy-toppy against that 22. I'll see if it can get through that level today. Of course, we're talking about the Barbie movie that my Dennis is my already ready. For that. My girl. Yeah, you get her that. ticket yet? You, you're taking no, her. I gotta go. I gotta go. I need them. you. Yeah. I need you to get that ticket because I need you to tell me about the movie because you know I am watching <laughs> it. But Dennis will. I know he will. He'll take one for the team. Go watch okay. Barbie. All right. I gotta guys, hop. There's lots going on here. Trade they'll do what you do best, here. my friend. Don't let the FOMO take over. Don't let the FOMO take you guys. All right. Like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader. Don't go anywhere, team. Definitely give him a follow. Now to get you guys over to, of course live trading that's coming up next don't go anywhere team we got a great show for you guys coming up ryan faluna and i will get into the trading action i had a really great day yesterday traded multiple names traded carvana uh we traded uh oracle i've traded uh nvidia I traded multiple names yesterday come check it out what i can get into today do got some swing trades on and like i talked about i have on the moo small account challenge I have Warner Brothers. We'll see if that can continue going. And I don't want you guys to miss a big event tomorrow. I want you guys to go ahead and get the outlook right here, of course. We will be having Benzinga's virtual AI event. 
AI, of course, and the future is forward-looking Benzinga virtual event that will get into, of course, the role of artificial intelligence across diverse industries. Panel discussions will cover such topics on as business transfer, uh, transformation, ethical AI, AI data and privacy, and the future of work with AI. Don't miss it, guys. We will have Qualcomm's president and CEO. We'll get into Toggle 3D. We'll get into a bunch of different investments that you guys can take a look at in, of course, the AI space. Right here, the number one place to go ahead and get your access to new technology advancements and investment opportunities. Of course, Benzinga will be here for you guys. Don't miss that. That's starting tomorrow, of course. That will get going here. You guys don't want to miss it. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'll throw up the link here so that you guys can go ahead and do us the favor. Click the link and go ahead and click the alert button so that you guys can be alerted the moment that video goes live. Just do it up in the chat there. And if you guys didn't catch yesterday, we had another good book club and we're getting into the book. So if you guys haven't checked out before, of course, Market Wizards, go ahead and join our book club. It's my way of paying it forward. Now to get you guys to the trading action and to do what do we do best, of course, stay with the market right here on Benzinga.